on Sunday mornings teaching a series called Foundations, and I've been at it for quite a while. I started out with the doctrine of scriptures, that uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed doctrine of inerrancy of scripture. It's trustworthy. The original languages that they were translated, originally put out in the ancient manuscripts uh, indicate uh, the holiness of it. Uh, the Holy Spirit moved on holy men of old and they wrote it and then scribes were diligent to, to carry it and carry the fire from generation to generation. Uh, you know, the, the first movable type book that was printed was Gutenberg's Bible. And uh, I actually have a, a sheet of Gutenberg's Bible from the chapter where David slew Goliath. And it, it, it's, that was the uh, David of movable type slaying the Goliath of ignorance. And the first bit of information and the information superhighway had to do with the Word of God. The biggest selling book in the world is the Bible. It is, for good reason, it's God's Word. It tells us about God who actually exists. Uh, not as some sort of figment of our imagination. It's he that made us and not we ourselves. And he's expressed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we understand Jesus is the exact representation of God's nature, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. And he says that he would pour out his Holy Spirit on all flesh, and that you and I, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And so we are not weak, we are not weakened, we're not just in some sort of embracing some sort of uh, awkward ancient mythology that's sort of derivative and borrowed from overlapping theology, uh, uh, mythologies. This is actually God's word. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. I think it's an indication this, this, mom, this, this, husband, this dad and, and son here believe in God for their, their, uh, the, for their, their, their wife and mom to be healed, for you guys to come. And, and celebrate with us and, and believe God together. It, it underscores in, in a pandemic where the devil tried to separate us and distance us, yet God's brought us together. Yeah. Black History Month, there are so many people we could focus on from that amazing people group to be thankful for, uh, you know, that have made such a difference in so many lives. We should actually not have Black History Month. It should be back Black History all day, every day. Uh, and we should affirm and thank God that from every nation, God is doing great things. I think of William J. Seymour, the African-American blind in one eye guy that was disadvantaged in a lot of ways because of the, the, the struggles of society around 1900, but how in Los Angeles they rented a building and they prayed in a place famously called Azusa Street, and the power of the Holy Spirit visited the church, and in five years the whole tone of Christianity changed. I'm, I've been changed by it. Our church is different because of William J. Seymour, so I, I want to thank God for him today. But chiefly, I want to look to the author and finisher of our faith. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said, You are Peter, and upon this rock, the revelation you got from my Father, the grace that God gave you. Know, the flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who's in heaven revealed this to you. Reveal what? Jesus isn't just another teacher. Jesus isn't just a great rabbi from Nazareth. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's the Messiah. He's the promised deliverer. And Jesus said, you're blessed for knowing that. God gave you the revelation. And that revelation knowledge, that's the basis upon which he's going to build his church. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. 
Hallelujah. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the world. Paul told Timothy, there, the difficult times will come. People will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They'll be distracted. They'll be unloving and so forth. And that 2 Timothy says, nevertheless, the firm foundation of the Lord of God stands. So I want to go to uh, a tremendous verse in the book of Isaiah 28, verse 16. While you're turning there, I want to remind you that really there are only two foundations. You could build your house on the rock, which we're going to talk about. That's Jesus. Or you could build your house on something else, sand. And, and when the waves crash and the winds blow and the rains come, uh, it, it, depending on where you build your house, it'll either fall or stand. So if we build our house on the rock, you're regarded as a wise person. And when the circumstances of life hit you, not if, but when, uh, you will not fall but because you're founded on the rock. So, hallelujah. Because of that, we're going to talk about, about this amazing cornerstone. Isaiah 28, 16 is so packed with such glory. You ought to look at it with your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, you can look on the screen. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold. By the way, thus says the Lord God. Isn't it amazing? We serve the talking God. God who talks to us, God who interacts with humanity, God who has designed us to fellowship with him and desires us to listen to him, connect with him, worship him, love him. He inhabits the praises of his people, his ears inclined to the prayer of the upright. Aren't you glad he's a good listener? In my marriage, I'm exhorted to listen better. When I was in school, the teacher said, eyes up here, you need to listen, you know. And they would go, they would whisper. My teachers would go. And that would really get us talky, chatty kids. Would, it was good psychology. So maybe I ought to preach quieter right now. No, actually, you're all listening really well. God is speaking. And God is calling us to have ears to hear. Let those who have ears to hear, let them hear this today. Listen to this. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, look, realize this. I am laying in Zion a stone a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation, firmly placed. Now look at the outcome. He, she, we, us, them, they who believe in it will not be disturbed. Say, I shall not be moved. The foundation of the Christian message is a person named Jesus Christ who has been categorically certified as the chief, costly, precious, tested cornerstone. Jesus is legitimately who you hope he would be. He is fully God and he's fully man. These are foundational truths. I believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. I also believe in the humanity of Jesus Christ. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He fulfilled every prophecy concerning his mission to the nth degree. He died on the cross. He suffered. He laid down his life. He literally died. God raised him from the dead the third day. He ascended, and he sent the Holy Spirit, and he's activating the body of Christ. And here we are in 2022, and I want to encourage you to rouse yourself. Your feet are on a secure foundation. Your, your heart is fixed, and this is costly tested, 
firmly placed for a foundation, it really took something for all this to transpire. God protected, preserved the lineage of Jesus. He's the son of David. He came through people like Rahab just to show humanity how much God wants to interact with fallen humanity, and yet he never sinned. But he became a sin substitute for us. I love Jesus for so many reasons. Many of them right here, what I'm telling you. He's costly. He's the most precious. He's the only begotten son of God. He's unique. Uh, uh, the, the way God brought him into the earth. Jesus is the best there has ever been or ever will be. And if you call on his name, he'll save you. He'll set you free and you will not be disappointed. And he's costly. When we rehabbed our farmhouse, we, we had a budget for uh, some new countertops. And so um, I think the old ones, I don't even remember what they were made of, but we tore the kitchen out, we put the new ones in, and we bought Formica. Everybody say Formica. Now, it's mid-century modern, you know, that's what they call it now. It basically was just an old house. But anyway, uh, we, we put that in, and we had a guest from another country come in, and they put a hot pan on the Formica, and it turned uh, brown, it blistered, and it, and, it, and it had a big spot. And when the pan came up, it had strings of plastic, because it's, Formica is plastic. And uh, so um, later on, though, yeah, we forgave her. She uh, was wonderful. I'm forgiving. I'm working on it. I'm st- I- uh, yeah, it was an accident. But, but I'm telling you, the stuff God makes, granite, marble, that kind of stuff, you could put a scalding hot pan on that thing, and it's just going to go, what? It doesn't matter. It can handle it. Like I asked the guy, we, we got a little bit of that installed, and, and I said, uh, can I put a hot pan on it? And he looked at me, and he said, uh, you know, have you ever heard of a pizza stone? I said, well, not, not, well yeah, they, they, you know, like bakeries, they put bread and, on, on stone. Like, duh. Because I had a b- problem with the plastic blistering formica, right? And really, so uh, I went from a substance that was not costly, not tested, not precious, to the, the stuff God makes. And I'm telling you, God is a builder, and he's given us something of substance, something trustworthy, something that's a sure foundation. A sure foundation is not a questionable foundation. Um, you know, one time my daughter was looking at housing, and there was this house that had been beautifully redone. And it had uh, overlooked an area. It was a really nice area, nice part of town, nice subdivision. The house was, and they, they, they in the words of the, uh, the real estate agent, said, well, they've done everything right. Said, but come down here. And they went down to the basement, looked at the edge of the foundation. And because of the way it had been built, uh, the, there was such uh, pressure from the ground that it caused the, the concrete, thick concrete basement wall to push in and buckle, maybe two inches. And so it, it just, it bowed. You could tell cosmetically it had been fixed. To, you know, the homeowners weren't hiding it. They pointed it out in the, in, you know, faithfully, said, hey, this is here. We're not trying to patch over it. But so, but what the, what the real estate agent said was, you know, don't get all excited about the cosmetics. This is not going away. This is important. And so, my daughter went away like, because everything was just beautiful, her taste, the colors, the, whoever did it, it was just marvelous, really. But the foundation uh, is, even though it's not so, um, 
uh, so cosmetically cute, it's, it's deeply important. And so when a family from Brazil has a life-threatening illness, we have to go to the costly, precious cornerstone and find out, is he really my healer? Does he really talk and does he really hear and answer prayer? If two of us agree on earth as touching something like this, does it, does it matter? These parents, you know, if I train up my children in the way they should go, will they really not depart from the way? The answer is yes. You dedicate, we're, we're to dedicate ourselves to the Lord. And I think about this, you build your house on the rock, you are regarded as wise. You go through life with wisdom. So when the winds blow and the waves crash, the tempter comes, God delivers us, doesn't he? And, and, and his mercy is there, and he's there to lift us up. Therefore, says the Lord God, behold, I'm laying in Zion. That's the salvation coming through the Jews. Zion, first uh, in this context, is talking about the Jews and the Jewish people. But also, Zion is a, a word used to describe the church. So there's, in discerning scriptures, you have to understand, and this is a foretelling of a Savior who's going to come to the Jew first. The gospel is the power of God to the Jew first and also to the non-Jew. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation, firmly placed. So see, in this house, you're not going to have a buckling situation. Because God has made the church built to last, stout. And when you and I, we step over from darkness to light and surrender our lives to Jesus, we're stepping off of slippery slope, sandy, shady, slippery, shifty ground, and we're stepping up into solid ground. He lifts my feet up out of the miry clay, and he sets my feet upon a rock. How many times has the Lord brought stability to you when you felt uncertain, brought peace to you when you felt insecure. Just the testimony of this 81-year-old man who's dealt with uh, uh, insecurity and inferiority uh, through his life, but coming upon hearing the gospel, hearing the word of God, uh, is built strength into his spirit. It's built confidence concerning how good God is, and it's brought joy to him in this season of his life. Better late than never. And at any stage or at any point in our lives, we can decide, you know what? I submit to the Lord. I yield to him. I trust him. He's drawing me and I yield to that grace and I take action. Faith without corresponding action is dead. So God, I'm going to step in. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to press through the crowd. I'm trusting you, God, that I'm going to actually obtain these promises. I am believing God. I'm not just in theory here. God, I'm trusting you as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I am trusting you today for breakthrough. These blessings shall come upon me, us, we, in this hour, 2022, in the chaotic times we're in and the difficult seasons we're in. Yet having done all to stand, we stand. Hallelujah. Last week, I talked to you about uh, remember Lot's wife and the foundational responsibility we have to continually forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead, to forget the past, to press on to what lies ahead, to be faithful in the small and the medium and the large things, to lift up our eyes and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus is what we're doing right now. Isaiah 26.3 says, that is, he'll keep us in perfect peace if we keep our minds stayed on him. 
And, and, and 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 says, casting down imaginations and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So when Jesus commended Peter, he said, you're the, you're Peter, uh, you know, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. You got this from God. You got a revelation from the grace and mercy of God. And upon this rock, upon this rock, I will build my church upon this rock, this costly rock, this, this tested rock, this foundational rock. And he who believes in it will not be disturbed. What's it like to go to a dis- through a, with a disturbance-free life? Friday night, a young man brought his friend over and said, Pastor Jeff, would you please pray for my friend? He's been really going through it. And the guy looked at me, a really sweet young man, middle school guy. He said, Pastor Jeff, I feel anxiety. And he had tears in his eyes. He's taller than me. I looked up at him and I just said, yeah, listen, I, I will pray for you. Because I know the cornerstone can come into a young person's life with all the upsets and all the unsettling things barraging his particular time generation. And I could stand with him because I know God brought me through that season too. And I stood with him and said, Jesus name God, help my brother, strengthen my brother, fortify my brother, right? Because he that believes in it will not be disturbed. So why am I teaching foundations? Because he who believes in this foundation will not be disturbed. So the reason I am preaching this is so you, I, we, us can endure through these difficult times. He said in the end times, difficult times will come. So God has inspired me as a pastor to keep beating this drum every weekend while I have you for this precious moment. You guys online, you guys here in in physical service, um, It took something for all of us to focus on this. There's so many things vying for our attention. There's so many interesting things to titillate and draw us, and there's tempters working hard to do it. But there are a few points I want to make about this cornerstone, this costly tested, firmly placed cornerstone, so that as your belief system roots go down deep into these truths and the bedrock of the faith, you will not be disturbed. Say this with me, I shall not be moved. I'm like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. We grew up in San Diego, and there was a place called Torrey Pines right next to where we lived. And there was a certain species of evergreen called the Torrey Pine. That's why they named it after it, because this this really ancient uh, tree. They, They live for hundreds and hundreds. Some of them are thousands of years old. And there is one that I remember as a kid that's up on a cliff, jutting rock that's facing the Pacific Ocean. And the, the, the thermals and, the, and the, the, the marine layer and the winds that come off the Pacific Ocean just blow and blow and blow. I really don't even remember a still calm day for, that w- where the wind didn't blow at some point just because of the trade winds in the, in the ocean and all the effects there. And there was one that looked kind of like a, a bonsai, you know, and it had all these gnarly branches. And, and, and I, I just remember it, it, it just had this stout, defiant, cool kind of look. It was out there on the edge of the cliff. I, I couldn't see any soil underneath it. It, it weirded me out as a kid because I thought, don't they need topsoil? You know, and, and I guess somewhere, you know, wherever the roots went down through the, the crags of the rocks, 
it found what it needed to get its nutrition. But, but what really, what they did is th this, this tree just anchored on this big, beautiful boulder, and it just kind of just stood there. And I remember when I was a kid, I just kind of thought that that bonsai-looking pine tree had copped an attitude. It, it was just looking at life like, blow, wind, blow, see if I care. It just had an attitude. Like some of you guys that come to church and it's two below zero and you refuse to wear a coat and you're wearing shorts and flip-flops. It's like, hey, spring is coming. Summer is right around the corner. I know some of you that have been through so much stuff. There, was a, there were two widows in the last service and I looked at them and I thought, here they are, pressing on past their loss because they know God is the God of all comfort. And he that believes will not be disturbed. You know, Pedro and Raphael, they're standing, trusting God. There's Pedro right there. And believe in God, not only did his mom have a surgery, Pedro was playing soccer, and they thought he broke his toe. So when I was praying with his dad, he said, oh, yeah, hey, Pastor Jeff, thanks for calling. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm over at the uh, uh, urgent care. Uh, Pedro thinks he broke his toe. I said, which toe? His big toe. Oh, that's the one you don't want to break. Fortunately, he didn't break his toe. So I thought, now some people go, if God really loves you, why would she have this aneurysm, and then why would Pedro break his toe? It's like, since God loves us, and God's protected Tasia, so she came through it, God exposed it, and gave a warning, gave her the courage, gave them a wisdom. They went to one of the best surgeons of their type in their country where she could be also surrounded by her family, but then yet they're here surrounded by their family of believers, and we're all in this together, standing our ground, hallelujah, and we shall not be moved, and whoever builds their life on this foundation shall not, whoever believes in him will not be disturbed. Disturbed by news reports, disturbed by winds of doctrine, disturbed by the spirit of fear, disturbed by the, the conditions of the times. They shall not be moved. It, at that Tory pine that just stood there and said, blow wind, beat down heat, go ahead and have a drought or two. I, I'm having done all to stand, I stand. There's something, and it's, it's not human tenacity so much as it is a grace from God, and then our response to that grace, okay, where we say, okay, that's my God, and I'm not going to be moved. So this young man that said, I'm really going through it, I appreciated his honesty. That's the mountain we have to command to be removed. I appreciated that, that they said, hey, we need prayer because this condition is going on. Uh, you know, this is really what's happening. This is, this is what I love about Christianity. It gets us out of the shallows, gets us off the shifting sand, gets us out of dreamlike state and out of denial. It gets us in a place where there's this amazing present help. God our Father sent his son Jesus. He's bringing the Holy Spirit on the scene to help us and we'll listen to him. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Number one, Jesus is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus went about doing good, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, healing all who are oppressed of the devil because God is with him. So we can trust Jesus doesn't put sickness on us. Jesus brings healing to us. 
I would believe Jesus put sickness on people if he had put sickness on people in the Bible. But since he didn't walk around giving people leprosy, breaking a kid's leg, giving somebody cancer, telling somebody to have a heart blockage, giving somebody uh, some virus or bacteria, he didn't do that. But he did heal all manner of sickness and disease. Because of that, that's my worldview and that's its basis. That's foundational. Jesus is the Lord that heals us. And he never changes. That's another thing. I don't believe there was a day of miracles that has passed. I believe there's a God of miracles who never passes away. Jesus is with us to the end of the age. That's my last point. Jesus is the cornerstone and foundation. That's my first point. My second point is Jesus personally calls all of us to follow him. He personally calls all of us to follow him. Romans chapter 8 says, Whom he foreknew, he also did predestine to conform to the image of his Son. God's called us to develop, to grow, to add to our faith uh, perseverance and, and, and diligently do it and, 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 and press on and fight the good fight of faith. When, not if, but when we fall, we repent. Thank God for communion, which puts, pushes the reset button. Thank God for the prayer of repentance, which pushes the reset button. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. There is, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father who cleanses us of all unrighteousness. We so therefore, we stay very repentant, very reverential, very quick to repent and quick to ask forgiveness. We don't allow sin patterns. We, we break it. God, God, help us. Our flesh, I heard one preacher say, your flesh is stupid. It wants to eat the next pizza and the pizza after that with ice cream on the pizza. <laughs> Binge watch garbage. Meditate on the wrong things. It's, it's just the way it is. So we've got to keep our bodies under and walk in the spirit. And, and Jesus has called us to walk with him. He's personally called us to, to listen to him, yield to him, walk with him. Amen. And Jesus gave us, number three, one all-encompassing command. Anybody know what the great commandment is? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's why this 81-year-old getting healed of some you know, insecurities or low self-esteem, it makes perfect sense to me that whatever time you come in contact with Jesus, you throw, your shoulders throw back. You realize what it says in Ephesians is true about you. I am accepted in the beloved. Right. We had great impact from a man named T.L. Osborne who used to go all over the lands to the nations, and he would go to Africa or India or the nations and uh, bullfighting rings in Cuba before the revolution and preach the gospel all over the world. And he would run into people that were impoverished and were dismissed in society, were outcasts, and he would find them, and he'd lift them, and he'd share the gospel with them. He'd give them a change of clothes. He'd invite them in and have them come up on the platform and encourage them. And, and, and they would come from a place of dismissiveness or a, a insecurity or belittlement or feeling marginalized or feeling like a nobody, feeling hopeless. And the gospel, not false uh, uh, praising, not hyper uh, uh, optimism, but just really telling them, Jesus died for you. One guy's name was Peter Amakanji. And uh, he had to crawl to the meeting because of the infirmity in his body. And uh, 
But God lifted that man. You know, I took T.L. Osborne to the airport here in St. Louis at Lambert Field. And he walked like, a, like, a, like he was a prince. He had such good posture. And he would walk. He, had, he, he, he just carried himself uh, in, in such a sense of purpose. Not self-importance. Not pride. But just a dignity. And uh, I remember he went up to the information uh, we had a question, and we were getting him to the gate and so forth, and he had a question. So he walked up to the lady at the, if there was an information booth, I recall, and he, and he, he walked up to her, and, and I just, I, I, I had known about him for years and knew him for a while, and, and, and I just watched him treat her with such dignity. And see, the great commandment shifts our place in life from being self-aware uh, and all about me and insecure and... And, and uncomfortable with others, and, and it, it, it turns us into there's value on everybody we run into, including the people we don't like, including the people who are offensive. God, with Christians, we're, we don't just love the people that are lovable. We're required to bless our enemies and pray for those who despitefully use us. There's such a power in this that the foundation that is laid, he says, look, what I've called you to, you gotta, you're responsible to lift others, but I want to lift you so you understand you're built on a solid foundation and that there's so much dignity in your your life that is actually something I put in you that's contagious that you can carry to the broken four quarters of the world. So the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. This is the next point. Jesus gave an all-encompassing commission. The great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and if you catch yourself being bitter toward people, we've all had that kind of neighbor that did a, did a lawn job on your lawn and, you know, all that kind of stuff, and they keep doing it. They, they, you know, their dog poops on your lawn, they don't clean it up, all that stuff, that kind of thing. Or worse, you pray for them. You think about them and... God, I just, because we know, but for the grace of God, go I. And maybe in case we sort of parked a little bit on their lawn and did a spin out maybe-ish, you know. Don't you love those neighbors that in order for us not to park up on their grass, they put boulders there so if you do, it'll tear out your undercarriage? And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. You park here, you're going to get your differential torn off your truck. You're going to have to get a new, you know, $3,000 transmission job. But in God, there's a great commandment to love. I remember when T.L. Osborne spoke to that lady. I watched him. It, 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 it impacted her. She, she, she said to me, who is that? I, I, I've been to restaurants with Dick Mills years ago and he, he, he looks up at the waitress he starts prophesying to her she bursts into tears she's kneeling there he's praying for her he's read her mail and it's like he's lifted her up we go away just having a, just a meal you know in between things get you from that air, uh, airport take you to the service here we'll have a meal but yet that great commandment on us think about it there's an anointing on what I just said there Great Commission is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And then lastly, and this is not leastly, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Can I tell you, foundation point number one is that Jesus is the foundation. And the last point of my message is he'll never leave us nor forsake us. My biological father didn't want me, told my mother to have an abortion, brought a man over two, two different times, scheduled the third time because it failed. She still maintained pregnancy. That's why I guess my birthday means something to me. Because I, the devil tried to keep me from having a birth. And then not only that, God even allowed me to have a new birth so that I won't go to hell when I die. How cool is that? And then my, my, my stepdad, Clyde, he brought me on. My first memory was of their wedding in 1958 when I was uh, uh, two and a half years old. I look at my little grandson, Trent. He's older than two and a half. I have memories of that wedding because I got a dad. And up till the time my brother was born, I, I was like number one in there. And then all of a sudden when my brother came, he was number one and then I got, that's why I'm teaching on not feeling rejected and, and overcoming insecurity. Little baby, yeah, little baby came. Little cute, little, little sweet, little eight pounds, six ounce, little tray came along. Look at somebody next to you and say, God loves you as much as he loves Billy Graham. Let's all stand up on our feet. Whoever believes this will not be disturbed. Whoever believes will not be disturbed. How many believers do we have in here? I have beliefs. I believe there's a God. I believe he answers prayer. I believe he's coming back to a glorious church. I believe he cares about your deal. Because look, we know what's going on with the Resendees. We, we, we know what's going on with the young, with the, the Crumb family, with the the 16th birthday and the Eagle Scout. I, we know about the widows who just recently were widowed. God knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows you're down sitting and you're uprising. He loves you like that middle school kid saying, Pastor, pray for me, I don't want to be in anxiety. Or Jackie, who had a difficulty with uh, the sedation and the anesthetic, which we knew and had a heads up before she went in. I prayed a lot about the anesthetics. So when her blood pressure dropped and she asked the nurse, am I dying? No, she wasn't gonna die because God was already heads up activating it weeks before it happened and brought her through so she could live out her days and be blessed all the way to the end of a long life. Amen? Say this with me, I'm built on a solid rock by the grace of God. My name's recorded in heaven. Now listen, only if you're saved. You say, how do I get saved? I'm glad you asked. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Don't let anybody complicate it. Repentance means, God, I'm willing to change and I, I humbly admit my need of you. And confession is made unto salvation. If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. In the first service, a couple came in and they said, my sister-in-law wanted us to come and thank you. Years ago, you led her sister to the Lord. Well, she just died and she wanted you to know how thankful she was when you led her sister to the Lord 35 years ago. 
So these little kids up here, oh, aren't they cute? Yeah, they're cute. Backwards hat, sunglasses, sitting at the beach. Little cute little doll girl. They're going to change the world. They're going to they're going to make they're going to shape history. Jesus is coming back, and there's going to be a rapture. It's going to be mind blowing. The world's going to go what? And uh, and then things are going to work out, and then there will be 144,000 Jewish men that will be evangelists who will tell about this cornerstone named Jesus. And then there will be a full second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes, it's going to be glorious. So we're somewhere in that zone. So hallelujah, when we believe in him, we will not be moved. We will not be disturbed. Having done all to stand, we stand. And everybody said, hallelujah. God bless you guys. Go out with joy. Have a great day.